We at the Letters to Podcast take allegations of sexual assault and domestic violence seriously, and we firmly stand with victims. If you or anyone you know has been sexually assaulted or experienced domestic violence, support is available at the National Sexual Assault Hotline and the National Domestic Violence Hotline. Call 1-800-656-4673 for sexual assault support and one 800 799 7233 for domestic violence support. Thank you for listening to the Letters 2 podcast. Hello everyone, I'm Mark. And I'm Nick. And welcome to a brand new episode of Letters 2 podcast. Sorry we missed last week. There was a lot going on and we were pretty much just trying to like come up with a good episode and we just didn't hit the Hit the deadline, but we're back this week, and we have a guest, a returning guest. He was he joined us for our our second season, and he's back again. Everyone, welcome Sean. Hey. Yeah, and Sean is joining us this week because we have a a big topic episode this week that we wanted to discuss. Nick, you want to give everyone a little bit of background? Yeah. So this week we're going to discuss how. Although it's a very rare instance where assault or battery charges or allegations are actually false, they still happen. And we want to explore the implication and consequences of when that does occur. Yeah, we do. And we also want to highlight how, you know, how very harmful that is to people who are actually victims. Exactly. And how... And how the person who makes these false allegations, once they're exposed to being to, of these false allegations, now your credibility sh- is shot because once this happens to you, God forbid, it happens to you for real. Now you 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 aren't believable because you we, now you're known for making false allegations. You cried wolf, so now people are just gonna ignore you or have have doubt. Right. And we and invited it, Sean here. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna. I was also gonna add to you take away the you take away actual victims you know legitimacy sometimes when you do that because now people are going to question whether they're telling the truth and it's already very difficult for actual victims to come forth in the first place so we're only adding to that when you make false allegations and we and we've all and we've seen similar things where that that only fan star who killed her boyfriend. Now the 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 narrative has been that she was it was self defense. It was self defense. He's a big he was a big guy. She was a small woman. But then when we look at all the reports of past like police calls, it's he was hit. He was abused. He was he was hurt. But she was a small girl. She was a small woman. She knew that if she called the cops and said that he hit her they will believe it more than she hit him. And so right. you got instances like that where people are know that they're using the system to get what they want. Right. They'll and, weaponize they'll weaponize the system in order to, you know, for their own selfish gains. Yes. <clears throat> and we invited Sean here because Sean has somewhat of a, a a similar story for the overall topic. So Sean, if you want, you can Tell us your story, give us background, you know, keep all you know the important details out, you know, for legal purposes. Go ahead. Um, so basically, um, I am a law enforcement officer. I'm not gonna say who I work for, but um when you are in law enforcement, pretty much they tell you to stay away from the three Bs which are bullets, broads, and booze. So that's what typically will fuck one of us over. Mine happened to be um, somebody I was dating. I met her about a year ago, and she was a travel nurse. Um, everything was okay. You know, she was from Chicago, but she um, would come back and forth from the other state she was in. So everything was cool, and then she decided to move back to the city. And we uh, was going to exclusively date. 
everything was okay for that month or so, but I started to peep some stuff I really wasn't feeling. I brought a, I brought a few things to attention that I really didn't like. It was always an issue. So one day we had a, it was a conversation, wasn't an argument. Um, we had a mutual agreement. We probably should like take a break from seeing each other. Maybe it was just wrong place, wrong time. She had a lot of stuff going on and I wanted something a little bit more serious. So after this conversation, um, I asked her to leave my apartment. Um, that's when everything took a turn. Um, she pretty much cursed me out. She started destroying stuff. I was like, okay, whatever. So I tried to speed up the process. She called for a ride. I tried to speed up the process by trying to get out of my crib because she started being destructive. And I went and grabbed some of my stuff. She did warn me not to touch her stuff. But, you know, me being a Chicagoan that I am, I don't listen. So, she actually followed me into the bathroom and whooped my ass. Um, after that, I was like, all right, enough is enough. I called the police, let them know what was going on, made all the phone calls I needed to make. And basically, the police came, showed them my injuries. Her rag came. A couple minutes later, she came outside and she's yelling, you know, who called the police, who called the police. And the officers were like, oh, well, he called the police. She was like, well, since, you know, motherfuckers trying to get people in trouble, he choked me. So they pulled her to the side to get her story. I already know how stuff like this works because I do it for a living. Um... So basically, I asked, can I go check on my pet? I have a cat. So I go check on my pet. Apartment's trashed. She broke a couple things, put a hole in um, my bedroom wall. A couple things were stolen. Um, so after that, I came outside, and I actually was about to, I was about to press charges. Really, I kind of had enough, like, down from the, you putting your hands on me to you breaking stuff. Now you stole some stuff. Yeah, I was fed up, but it was a little too late. Um, police, as soon as I got outside, they arrested me, took me down to the station. And this happened back in February, and I'm still fighting uh, my case now over a accusation. And that's, that's about it. So you were immediately arrested and she wasn't? Mm-hmm. She actually got to leave. By the time I got, when I got out there, she was already gone. But you called the police. Yeah, but because domestics and people who work for law enforcement and domestics is so common. Mm-hmm. Number one, I'm a man. Number two, they're going to always believe um, the person who's on a law enforcement over the other one. I'm going to give you an example. I had a co-worker who got fired um, like a year or two ago. She pistol whipped her boyfriend. Um, I don't know how true it was. That's what the police report said. I had actually read the police report. Um, but, yeah, she got fired. She didn't get charged with anything else. She just got a regular domestic. I got charged with a class two felony, aggravated domestic battery slash strangulation. Goodness. Yeah, so I'm still dealing with that. But I called the police. I didn't put my hands on her. I took my ass whooping like a champ. All because you wanted to end the relationship or break from the relationship at this point. Yeah, she wanted to stay. She was going to go back to the state she was staying in. And she wanted to stay in my house until, I think this was a Wednesday night. She wanted to stay until Saturday. And I'm the type of person, I don't let anybody lay up in my crib. So you're not going to lay up in my crib, you know, till you want to leave. You should just leave now. Right. That's understandable. 
Yeah, so that was a. Uh, she was complaining about how she had nowhere to go, even though she did. Um, she could have went to stay. She stayed with her best friend. She went to her best friend's house the night um, of our altercation. Mm-hmm. And she could have went to her mom's house, but her and her mom kept getting into it. That's why I actually let her stay a couple days with me. Because her and her mom fight like Tom and Jerry. So it seems like she already has a history of um, having difficult relationships with people. And that spilled over into your relationship? Yeah, I didn't, I, I didn't peep some things right away until we actually was consistently dating. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, honestly, like, we was only dating for, like, like, consistently dating for a month. And, yeah, that, that happened. And you've had no contact with her since the night of the altercation? I seen on my first court date, she apologized. She was crying. She tried to get the charges dropped. But the way it works is once the state picks something up, it's not up to the victim. It's up to the state and how they want to proceed. So um, they really trying to make an example out of me because I'm a law enforcement officer. So the victim admitted that nothing happened or that they were the one. Because the thing, the way that works is they assume that the victim typically feels bad. So they like to play like, um, they like to do this thing where they're like, oh, you know, don't feel guilty. You know, he did that, that person, he or she did do it. You know, it's okay to feel like that. But, you know, but some cases, a lot of, a lot of women do lie. A lot of men do lie about certain things like this. Um, but it's a, uh, I don't know. I, I, at this point, it's it's kind of like it is what it is. I, I just know how it works. So I'm just going through the motions. Interesting. Um, it sucks, though. Absolutely. I'm sure it does. How? I was going to ask you, in what ways has this impacted you, aside from dealing with all the actual charges against you? And I'm sure this has affected you professionally. How has this affected you personally? I have developed social anxiety. Um, I don't like to come outside like that anymore unless it's work. Um, I mean, to be honest, when this first happened... um, I didn't go to work for two months. I lost like 25 pounds. I wasn't eating. I couldn't. It went from me not holding down food to I was barely eating. Um, I pretty much didn't want to go around family. Um, yeah, it sucked. I, I even got, um, I can't think of a word for it. I went to see a therapist and he actually... Um, diagnosed me with some type of form of depression. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it sucked. It, it has gotten better, but I still, I kind of like, I became a homebody. Yeah. I lost a few friends. Um, some people don't talk to me anymore. Um, it's just, um, this, this type of thing really does mess with your reputation. Yeah. How has it affected your you would you at work? Uh, so with the agency that I work for, basically you get placed on like um like like in a way like administrative leave where you pretty much they put you somewhere where you can't get in trouble. You still work. But they put you somewhere where the chances of getting in trouble are real slim. And you just do whatever you're assigned to. You do what you're told to do. And that's that. But luckily, I made all the right phone calls that I was supposed to make. And um, that's what pretty much kept me my job. When 
when it comes to the being a law enforcement officer and depending on the agency you work for, if you don't follow the proper policy, then you definitely will get fired. So my me and working is fine. Once this is over with, I'm going straight back to work. Has this made you skeptical of getting back out there and, and dating again? Has it made you more cautious? Oh yeah. You show me any type of red flags, any whatsoever. Yeah, I'm good on you. But right now as far as me dating Man, I'm just gonna enjoy the rest of my twenties and just start traveling and doing me. If if a relationship comes, it comes. Um, hopefully, you know, I'll be ready, and hopefully, the other person will be ready. But um, as as far as right now, I'm not worried about that. What has this taught you about yourself going through something like this? Um, this taught me that you should be with the person that wants to be with you and not the person you want to be with. Um, just because you like them don't mean they're good for you. Um, sometimes you should just sit back and analyze everything that you're going through and then make a even if it's gonna hurt your feelings make a make a decision that's best for you but I will say at the end of the day I try to remain optimistic at all times so if this never happened I wouldn't have gotten a chance to pursue other things I always wanted to pursue because I never had the time to work in this job so I am happy I got to pursue um I guess you could say some of my goals or dreams, but I already know too that if, um, you know, the universe wouldn't have thrown this in my lap if I couldn't handle it. So I got this. What would you like people to know about? your experience with all of this that you have to stay strong um and keep your head up no matter what there's always a light at the end of the tunnel and please pay attention to red flags what are some of those red flags that you're looking for now or that you are more, I guess you could say, observant of when you're dealing with people? Um, accountability. If you blame all your problems on everything and everybody else but yourself. Um Somebody who don't have good finance skills. I'm not going to say I'm the best at saving money, but damn, I can I pay off my bills on time. Um, and somebody who also has a drinking problem. Like, um, I'm a social drinker, but I don't need alcohol to have a good time all the time. So them, them are the things I kind of peep with this situation a lot. So these are my newest red flags. But I seem to, I can catch most of the other ones. And this all just stemmed because you were being direct and but you were voicing that you that she couldn't stay there, you were being respectful, and she flipped, attacked you, and then when the cops came, she became the victim.
Do you like horror movies, like Halloween and the Blair Witch? Well, if you're like me and you do, you should join me and listen to the Haddonfield Horrors Podcast, where they discuss and review horror movies and horror movie franchises. If you're not listening to the Haddonfield Horrors Podcast, you're definitely missing out. And now there's this whole legal process, all because she couldn't accept what you were saying. So now you're being put in this stupid, impossible legal situation because she felt some kind of way. You just tell her your your feeling. Um. Yeah. Pretty much. That's that's pretty much what happened. Yeah, and then that that just and that's the thing that I want. Like the, what I want to talk about because it's it shouldn't be that easy for someone to to be able to use the system that way and 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 it takes away from people who are actually going through this. There are so many victims who are afraid not to come forward and say, "Oh, my husband's hitting me, my my partner's hitting me," because they believe that because they they think that they won't be believed. It is because situations like this where someone who wasn't physically assaulted is using that just to get back at someone. Right. I think with the, with you being in law enforcement, we're, we're seeing just how challenging it becomes because oftentimes, well, I don't even want to say oftentimes I, there are times where the victim is, in a relationship with somebody who works in law enforcement and fears that there's a lot of power that this person has because they are in law enforcement. But it seems like the way that the system is currently set up, there's a huge investigation and into um, law enforcement. If, if the person, if the perpetrator is allegedly, the alleged perpetrator is working in law enforcement. Um, You know what I got to say to that? Um, I'm I'm gonna agree to disagree. So, okay. at the end of the day, you know I I am a law enforcement officer, but I'm still black. I know yeah. some of the other officers who got into either the same or similar situations as mine. Mm-hmm. Shit swept underneath the rug, and they was a different color. Actually, I know somebody who I currently work with. He. Beat the shit out of his wife at a bar. Hella witnesses. He pleaded guilty, but they dropped it. They dropped his aggravated batter guy. And I heard he fucked up. Like she was bleeding. He didn't have to go out 911. They dropped his stuff down to a misdemeanor, and he still works where I work at. So even with physical evidence, the the victims' um, bruises and being battered up like that, they still were able to just have those charges dropped. Down to a lesser charge. Hmm. As as me, um, I've seen the discovery, which is the, um, the finding of evidence. Right. She has no marks, no visible bruises, no none of that. She never went to the doctor. Um, she didn't go to the doctor that night. She didn't go to the doctor at all during any time um, after the um, allegations. Um, yeah, so they haven't even been talking about, and I've been going through pretrial. Mm-hmm. They haven't even been talking about any plea deals, which is kind of crazy. I never heard about, I never heard of anybody going through pretrial where they never offered them any type of plea deals, community service, dropping it down to a misdemeanor time consider serve whatever they haven't been talking about shit with me it's just like oh well you know we don't want to drop this even though the victim isn't cooperating we're just gonna keep it at a as a felony i don't know how much you can tell us but i'm trying to understand how this is even possible with no physical evidence it's just her word against yours Right. And even now she's kind of gone back on what she initially said. I will be honest. I don't know myself because I never heard of anybody going through 
a pretrial, let alone an accusation, but a, a pretrial where they aren't talking about really anything. It's like my whole, every time I go to court, they wait for evidence. They wait for evidence. Then the evidence never shows up. They don't have anything. I mean, to be honest, I feel like it's just all one big game. Um, I really don't trust my lawyer. I feel like he's really just in it for the money because he tells me one thing, and then next thing we go to court, he doesn't say shit. But the issue with that is I've waited too long to kind of fire him. So I'm kind of stuck with him in a way. Plus, I'm not made of money. So if I get a new lawyer, they might be more. They might want more. Um, but I don't know. It's, it's, this is just really weird. My judge hasn't even been showing up to court. That's how bad it is. Wow. Hmm? I just said, wow, that's... <laughs> it's just, it just doesn't... None of this makes... It makes no sense to me. I don't understand how somebody could go through, be going through this and none of the people involved, the lawyers, the judges seem to even be taking it seriously. Um, I was just about to say, which I've helped people out. I done had people fill out an alpha David, which is just a legal signed document. I done had people in situations like this had their fucking girlfriend or their wife to fill out an alpha David saying that, you know, X, Y, and Z didn't happen. They just want the charges dropped, da, 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 da. And Alpha David, I never heard of Alpha David not helping. And I even asked my lawyer, hey, you know, if this person was to fill out Alpha David or if he was to, if he was to able to get in contact with the victim to maybe work something out, would he be able to get her to fill out Alpha David? And he was like, oh, I don't think Alpha David would help. And I'm like, that's crazy. I never heard of Alpha David not helping. I don't know, it's just, it's just one big game. If you like what you hear, don't forget to leave us a review and a rating on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. Also, follow us on Twitter at Letters2Media and on Instagram at Letters underscore podcast. I would just, I'm just still stuck on how you trying to have a mature adult conversation by putting all your cards on the table led to this like what it, it also makes me seem like you said you you that she she has a difficult relationship with her mom and like nick said it seems like she has difficult relationships in general but it also makes me think like was this has was this the first time that she's done something like this because how, how she just switched it and flipped it in the moment that fast it makes me believe like that she probably is used to manipulating situations in her favor. And this was just one of those, like another time for her. And that just makes, that just, that scares me. Cause I remember, I, I love like reality TV competition game shows. And a couple years ago, um, big brother, big brother, UK, there was a, it was celebrity big brother. There was an actress on there who accused someone who was in the house with her of like punching her in her ribs and her ribs were hurting. But luckily for him, lucky for him, they were all on camera. It was a quick like little, little pay fight tap on her shoulder and she laughed it off after. And then she went to the confessionals and she was like, Oh my God, it hurts. I'm, I'm bruised. Why is he in here? I want to go home. I'm crying. And then the producers are like, We'll, we'll review the footage. Now, while this is happening, they didn't talk to him once. They didn't kick him out. She went into the house and told all the other contestants. So all the male contestants are mad. They want to beat this guy up. And the producers are like, we saw the footage. If we were concerned, we would have kicked him out. Now, of course, they don't see what the producers saw. They don't see what we see. So everyone in there is mad as shit and want to kick his ass. And so one by one, everyone's getting eliminated. They're seeing the footage and they're like, wait, that's not, that's not what she said. That was, he, he didn't even touch her really. But the story she told us, 
he punched her in the ribs hard as shit. And to think if they weren't on camera 24-7, because it's Big Brother, that story she told with the tears, the crying, she was shaking and jittery, that man could have went to jail. Her word against his. And it just, it just makes me think, like, how, how can people, how can they not, like, that's dangerous. That's very dangerous. And it's just, to be put in that situation simply because you were telling her that you, that she couldn't stay, this, this is your, this is your place. You pay the bills here. She don't pay not one bill. Like, technically, trespassing. Like, once I tell you to go, you have to go. So she's trespassing. That's a crime. She physically assaulted you. That's a crime. But you're the one who's in a legal battle. Because she said you choked her. And if you choked her, you have big hands. There would have been marks. They, 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 they didn't see any markings on her? They didn't take any photos for evidence? They took photos. I seen the photos. Um, that was in the. Oops, excuse me. That was in the discovery. Um, nothing. But did the photo? Did the photos have? Did they? Did it show any? <coughs> like any bruises? Any no. any markings? No redness. No bruises. Um, around her neck. Nothing. I'm the only one that sustained injuries. I was gonna say, did you have any bruises? Because it sounds like you would have had bruises in this situation. Did they take photos of you? Yeah, they took photos of me. Okay, so let me get this straight. Hmm. You have bruises. You called the police and you're the one being accused of battery. Mm -hmm. She has no bruises and again, she said she's changed her story but there's, they were, was she was told or you were told that her providing an, an affidavit or whatever would not help the case at all. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense how, how this is continuing to go through the, the court process. And it's going on, this happened February 1st. Mm -hmm. And... I'm still going through this. I got court real soon, so hopefully my judge comes in. So if the state doesn't want to squash it, the judge, she can, he or she can squash it if they feel like this case isn't going anywhere. Do you have the same, have you had the same judge for the entire duration of this or? No, no. So I was first in misdemeanor court. So they had the option to squash it and misdemeanor court, but they didn't want to throw it out. Now, I had a public defender at the time before I had a paid lawyer. Okay. So my public defender, you know, they, they kind of do the bare minimum for you. Um, so they didn't want to squash it. So after that, they upgraded. Oh, they sent me to felony court, which is, I believe I've been in a felony court for the last... Nine months. Something's not. Something's not right. It, it, all of this just seems very. It, it feels like there's an agenda at play. Because it doesn't sound right. Like there's photographic proof that there are no bruises on her, but there are bruises on you. You call the cops. You were willing to make the make an official complaint. She wants to take back the statement. Like I don't. Like, well, let's. Have you have you presented character witnesses? Has she presented character witnesses? There was. I feel like no other witnesses. It's just me and her. And you said once the state kind of gets uh, control of everything or gets a hold of everything, because they're the ones bringing the case against you. They're the they. It doesn't matter what the victim or alleged victim in this situation says because they're not pressing the charges against you. Yeah, it's the state who wants to continue the charges. Whether you was in the right or wrong, it's their job to, even, let's say you, even if you're in the wrong, it's their job to try to 
prove that <laughs> he was in the wrong. So Illinois is also a state where you are guilty until proven innocent. And when you are proven innocent, you still technically did something. I'm going to give you a prime example. I had a guy in jail who he was working out of AutoZone. He was getting off and somebody robbed him. He had all his proper certifications to carry a weapon. Um, Foy, conceal and carry, everything was valid. He was a clean dude. So he shot at the dude who was trying to rob him. He ended up killing him. So he stayed in, he sat in jail for a year, right? He ended up beating that. No, I'm sorry, two years. He ended up beating that. Um, instead of letting him go, they charged him with destruction of private property because when he was shooting at the guy who was robbing him, he shot into the store he worked at and he shattered some, he shattered the glass and I guess um, shot up some merchandise. So they charged them with destruction of property over like $5,000. So now he, he in jail fighting that. Jesus Christ. It's just a state where they try to, the innocent get punished and the criminals get a slap on the wrist. I'm going to give you another prime example. Um, I had an old guy. Um, he was going to the bank. He was coming out of the bank. Somebody tried to carjack him. Had all his credentials. Shot. Killed the dude. This man is already in his 80s. This older man sat in jail for four years until he beat his case. It's, it's really not it's really not that hard to prove if a uh, shooting was justifiable or not. It's really not that hard. Cops get off with some, you know, justifiable shootings. Some don't. It's really not that hard to be like, oh, okay, he was getting robbed at gunpoint. He shot him. He just so happened to kill him. It's unfortunate, but he did. He was in the right. You don't leave somebody sitting in jail for four years. And then what's, what's the outcome of that? They sit in jail for four years. They beat their case, but then what happens to them after after the fact? Are they are they receiving compensation? Oh no no no! You their got reputation is ruined now. You got to sue for that. Yeah, and that's gonna take that's gonna take some time. A couple of years. He was wrongfully convicted. Right. So they they lock you up quick, but when it comes to giving you money. You know, it takes forever. Of course. My bad, I was muted. I was giving a whole fucking talk. <laughs> but Nick, do you want to... Because I want us to stress how... We... we I want to stress how we we support victims. We want victims to come forward, but we also I also want want us to point out how something like this does harm to victims being believed and getting the justice that they deserve. When you have someone who's using the system for the wrong reasons, like Nick, can you can you can you keep can you just give us more on that, please? Well, see, my the way I see it, you know. I think from what I've from what I've researched, and this is specifically dealing with um, sexual assault. I think less than four percent of those cases that are reported actually turned out to be um, false or fabricated. So it's rare that it does happen. But when it does happen, um, it like 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 we've witnessed today, it has very devastating impact on people's lives, and. I really wish there was something that we could do to bring awareness to this because, again, it's not happening that often, but I think that the impact that it does have is very significant. 
Um, people's relationships are destroyed with their family and friends because of these allegations. People lose their jobs. People lose their ability to take care of themselves. And not to mention all of the mental health issues that result from going through something like this. So I think we really need to work as a culture. You know, I think we really need to work on trying to create a culture that supports people coming forward when they are telling the truth, but also make sure that the people who fabricate stories um, and, you know, with the intent to ruin people's lives, they need to be held accountable for that too. I just, I think my, my, my biggest takeaway or my biggest issue that I'm having today is when the vic- when the alleged victim actually admits that nothing happened or that they were the aggressor in the situation is not being taken into consideration. Like, I don't, I don't know what to say to that because there's no reason why if everything that Sean shared with us today um, is true and I don't understand why this is still something that's going on and why they're not listening to or willing to listen to the fact that the alleged victim in this situation has admitted that it's not true. It just doesn't seem like this should still even be going on. I'm just amazed that, and then it, 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 from from what we what we've learned today, it does seem like this is this this has gone above um, what happened between um, Sean and this young woman because the state has gotten involved and the state is the one that's determining whether or not anything happened or whether or not Sean was in the wrong. And I don't seem to think that that should even be the case if. The if the victim has it alleged victim I'm sorry the alleged victim has already said that this is not the case and there's no evidence to support that. What well, what incentivizes this person to make up a story like that and then recant it? I'm sorry that was all over the place, but I just have a lot of I just have a lot of thoughts around that. Well. I mean, at the end of the day, you got to think about it like this. It's it's all just, it's like a big wheel. Um, prosecutors, state prosecutors get paid to put people in or under the jail. Um, lawyers are pretty much the same way. They're there to put people in, under, or keep you out of jail. It just all depends on how much you're willing to pay to stay out of jail. Um, judges, uh, and I, I, to, the way I can, the only way I can really explain judges, they pretty much like gods on earth. They, uh, they come to work when they want. Um, normally other judges, a substitute judge doesn't step on another judges toes who actually is handling the case but um judges can either make or break you so yeah it's just it just I don't know it, it depends on if you got somebody who's truly in it not for the money but to actually like prosecute people who are actually who actually deserve to be fucking um you know, prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law for actually, you know, committing crimes or they there to protect people who actually didn't do anything. So my suggestion to people is just stay the fuck out of trouble. Yeah, but it seems like you weren't even necessarily in trouble you were trying to be res- be the mature and responsible person in the situation and it still seemed like it ended with you getting a short end of the stick obviously 
Yeah, 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 it, it definitely happened, but I mean, when I think back on it, I'm, when I was sitting in that jail cell for 24 hours, I was thinking this, this shit probably could have been avoided if I would have broke it off <laughs> a couple weeks sooner. Like like I said, when that little month we was dating, it was some signs that instead of me trying to speak up, you know, communicate and do the right thing, being a, the adult that I am, like, hey, you know, I noticed this, I really like this. Probably should have just cut off right then and now. So when you see those red flags immediately, <laughs> just... Depending on how severe the red flag is, mm -hmm. I, I try not to like ghost people, but if it's a real bad red flag, yeah, you gone, you out of there. But if it's something that ah, I don't like that, but we could we could work on that. Then I say something. But yeah, I'm just I'm real cautious right now. Understandably so. Mark, is there anything else you wanted to add? Again, I feel like I said this several times throughout this episode, but I just want to stress that we're we're doing this episode not to say don't believe anyone. We're doing this episode because we want to say this is harmful to actual victims. As, as a victim myself of sexual assault, I know how important it is for people to tell their story, to report their story, and for them to be believed. But when you, when you come across people like the, the woman that Sean was dealing with, it makes, it, it, it ruins, it, sadly, one bad apple spoils the bunch and it's it sucks but it, it sometimes it doesn't just discredit that person it discredits anyone else to an extent when they go to report an assault it's always going to make the officers or anyone go did this really happen is this is this just revenge are you just being a petty ex like what like what's happened are you crying wolf and that's what i want to stress by someone reporting and making up false allegations of assault, sexual assault, anything, it ruins the credibility for other people, for actual victims. Actual victims. It's a slippery slope and it's dangerous. Mm -hmm. Don't do it. She could have she could have left. She could have called her, her brother, uncle, cousin in to come beat your ass because you broke her heart. She could have did anything. She did not have to go this far and make a whole legal case. And you don't got to confirm or not, but she probably still hitting you up on the, on the side. Still trying to get a little something, something despite all the hell she putting you through. Uh, uh. See? Yeah. Well, that's crazy. That's, that's insane. So just be smart. Like Sean said, notice the red flags. Confront the red flags and hit the eject button if you got to. Don't be afraid to put your safe, your safety, your sanity, and emotions and all that stuff first. Also, don't don't make false allegations because you're bitter or you're petty or if I can't have you, nobody else can mentality. Don't do that because you ruined it for actual victims. Nick, you have any closing remarks? Well, I was going to say, this is a very complicated situation because it, to me, it revealed a bigger system issue because I don't think anybody should be allowed to get away with doing something like this. And the fact that it can happen reveals, you know, a lot of inadequacies in the way our system handles these, these uh, situations. But also, you know, back to, you know, Sean's story, I agree that it's important to pay attention to how people respond when you're having conversations. If they have, if they lack accountability, huge red flag. If you see where they have complicated or, you know, difficult relationships with other people, 
and they're never they never seem to be the person that's responsible for those disagreements. Another red flag. Pay attention to those red flags. And I'll also, you know, reiterate what you said, Marcus. You know, we didn't we're not doing this episode to to accuse people of weaponize just weaponizing the system, even though that that's something that can be done. Uh, we want to encourage victims of you know sexual assault or any type of assault or battery to come forward with their with their story, but do so. Be encouraged to do so, but don't be dishonest about what's happening or what happened to you. If nothing happened to you and you're just upset at this Madison person, going the route of making false allegations against them is not the route that you want to take because it does such a huge disservice to those people who truly are the victims in those situations and their voices aren't heard. So many people are afraid to come forward because they're afraid that no one's going to believe them, no one's going to support them. And there are resources out there for people to get the help that they need, but they need to be supported in doing so. They need to know that if they do come forward, they're going to be believed. So I, all I can say is be honest, tell the truth, and do what you can to protect yourself. Sean, you have any closing remarks? Um, no, nah, I appreciate you all for having me on the show again. Yeah, thank you so much for being here and sharing your story with us, Sean. We appreciate it. Anytime. Yes, yes. And once again, we apologize for not having an episode last week, but this episode, you know, but we're back and we're good. We're, we're going to be rolling again. Thank you guys so much for listening, for tuning it in. We hope we got the message across. Please reach out to us via Instagram, Twitter, email, or you can click the link in our description to send us a voice note that we may or may not play in the next episode. So thank you guys so much for listening. This has been Letters to Podcast. Greetings, Letters to Community. The episode you just listened to went into production prior to the following update. As of October 31st, we've been informed that the charges against Sean will be dropped within a month or so. This has been over a 10-month-long legal battle, and we wish Sean much success in his future endeavors. Thank you very much for listening to the Letters 2 podcast. Should we do an intro?